So as I mentioned at the beginning of Mass, it's about seven years since I've been in Melbourne. The last, the, the last six of those I've spent uh, in St Declan's uh, in Penshurst, Our Lady of Fatima in Pecos, so our two parishes there. And when I arrived at the parish, I, um, I got up one day fairly early in the piece and I said that I'd come to declare war on service station Catholicism. And that's, that's a somewhat provocative thing to say. Um, they didn't know me very well, so there were some slightly scared, kind of, I could see the whites of people's eyes. And of course, they wanted to know what that actually meant. And what I mean by service station Catholicism is when we come to church and we fill up and we go home, and it's kind of been an anonymous experience. Um, the idea, I guess, is that I've got what I need for my week, but it hasn't necessarily impacted upon others. Uh, I've come here in an individual kind of way, got what I need, and, and ducked off home. Sometimes that service station mentality is typified by people who um, duck out before the end of Mass because they've got what they needed and, they, and off they head off home. Took me a little while as I kind of called out that piece of behaviour, it took me a little while to realise that um, our car park at St Declan's gets really full and people double park each other in. And so at least some of the people who are making an early exit are actually worried about the fact that they're creating a traffic jam uh, in the car park below. But the, the critique remains, right? That we can approach faith, we can approach particularly Sunday Eucharist like it's a spiritual service station. I go up, I get, get my fill, it's like I've got my fill up my tank instead of petrol, it's with God if you like, and then I head home. And maybe that impacts me, I feel a bit better about myself and it, I feel better in the way that I live my life, but that falls far short, far short of what Jesus would want for us, of what God intends for his church. And so on the Feast of, Feast of Corpus Christi, it's really important that we talk about this, I think. I do have a confession to make. Um, as I said, at the beginning of the year, Dan said, come down sometime and I'll come up there, we'll do a little pulpit swap, you can preach here and I'll preach there. And I thought that sounded like a great idea. So I was coming down anyway and so I said I'll do this one. And I thought, Corpus Christi, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It is possible, some priests sometimes do this, that they have, whether it's a, a folder on their computer or an actual physical file, but they do pick, go back and they pick a folder out and they say, oh, Corpus Christi, year A, fantastic. I'll use that homily from some time ago. I'm sure this has shocked you to learn. <laughs> but it does, especially, especially if you're in a different place, right? So I may have been thinking that that's what I'd do. And then on Tuesday of this week, I was already here in Melbourne, week-long meetings, Dan says to me, oh, this is actually part of a series that we're doing on our mission and vision. And so here are some of the things that I really would like you to touch on. So you can imagine how popular Dan's been with me for this week, right? So what I wanted to suggest then is that we want to contrast this spiritual service station mentality that we can have, that I, I had for many years, we want to contrast that with what I'd like to call Meals on Wheels Catholicism, okay? Now, Meals on Wheels, you know, if you're unwell or someone's become elderly and they're no longer able to cook for themselves, 
Meals on Wheels is an amazing service. It comes and it brings you food for that meal. And I was talking to somebody recently and they were saying that that actually meant that there was three courses. It was soup, it was a main and dessert. as well. That sounds all right, doesn't it? The key thing about Meals on Wheels, of course, is that it's not that you're waiting for unwell people to come to you and then you say, oh, look, if you come to my place, I can put on a feed for you. You're going to them. And so in the context of the series that uh, Dan and the others are doing here in the parish on your mission and vision, I want to talk about the Eucharist in that light and to say that you're called as a faith community to be a Meals on Wheels kind of parish, that you will go with the food of everlasting life, Jesus himself, to others. That it's not simply a case of waiting for others to come to you. This is a beautiful smorgasbord, if you like, that's on offer here. But what the Eucharist compels us to do, when we understand it for what it truly is, it compels us. It doesn't simply invite us, but it compels us to go out to bring the word of life and the very presence of Jesus himself to others. So the Mass is fundamentally about mission. Fundamentally about mission. And I'm not sure if we've talked about that enough as a church, but it really is. You know, if we turn back the clock and we were, and we were saying, if I was celebrating Mass with you in Latin, the last thing that I would say to you is, Ita missa est, which literally means you're dismissed. So, which sounds a bit rough, doesn't it? You know, off you go, you're dismissed. You can imagine the priest going, ah, this never happens, by the way. Okay, oh, it's time to go home now. Okay, we're done. It literally means that. The word missa there is the word where we get the word dismissal from. It's the same root word in Latin. But over time, a richer, deeper sense of that word. It came to be understood as being connect, connected not to the word where we get dismissal from, but the word we get mission from, to missio, to being sent, to being sent. Now, that means, therefore, that there's something intrinsic about what happens at Mass, that what happens here sends us forth. The risk, though, is that that could still leave us with a mentality that where our service station Catholicism remains intact because it's the, it could actually feed into the idea that I come here, get my fill, and then I go out and I try as best as I can to share the love of God with others, maybe in my family life, in my work. And of course that's true, but it's not enough. It's insufficient. So today we want to go just a little bit deeper into understanding how the Mass is about mission. There are two words from our readings today that capture this so importantly, I think. Just two words. The first one is communion, and the second word is give. So in the second reading today from St. Paul, we hear that the bread that we eat is a communion in the body of Christ, and the cup that we drink from is a communion in the blood of Christ. Now, that word communion is very laden for us. We, know, we think we know exactly what it means, that communion is what's going to happen in a few moments' time when we come up and we receive Jesus under the species of the bread. That's what communion is, right? Well, yes, but it's more than that as well. The word communion here is delightfully ambiguous, and I'm sure Paul intended it this way. 
that the word communion here would mean a bunch of things, all connected and interrelated. So yes, it will be that when you receive Jesus in holy communion, you are, the word communion, you are made one with him. The Eucharist unites us to God. We are made one with Jesus when we receive him in holy communion. But another word there for communion might be to say that we are sharers. So let's think about those, those lines in the light of that word. That, when, that our sharing in the bread, the bread that we eat is a sharing in the body of Christ. The blood that we drink is a sharing. So, sorry, the cup that we drink is a sharing in the blood of Christ. What that means, notice that they're separated too. What that means, you know, if you get a body and blood separated, you're talking about a body that has died, that has been, in the context of worship, that has been sacrificed. There's a very deliberate reason why these two things are separate. It's to connote that Jesus was sacrificed for us, that he made a sacrifice of his own life, ultimately upon the cross for our sake. So to share in that sacrifice is our task. That when we receive Jesus in the Mass in Holy Communion, we're sharing in the sacrifice of Jesus. That means that the effects of his redemption is worked out in us. That we are united with him, that we're forgiven, that we're drawn into the very life of love that is God, the triune God. But it also means that we share in the mission of Jesus that culminated in his sacrifice upon the cross. That we're called to a sacrifice in mission ourselves, to give of ourselves. And so when we come to Eucharist, it's that we actually align ourselves, we're conformed, we're joined with the very mission of Jesus. Jesus' death on the cross for our sake was all that the world needed for its redemption. And yet, in a mysterious way, Jesus invites his church to collaborate with him in the communication of that redemption, in the sharing of that redemption with the world. That means that there's no place for spiritual service station Catholicism, because this actually is intrinsically about doing something. The Mass that we come to, the Eucharist that we receive, the communion that we experience with God in, its, in and of itself unites us with Jesus in his mission, that we are sent out. The second word that I mentioned is the word give. And that comes from the Gospel today, where Jesus says to us, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. And again, we have this sense that Jesus is saying that the bread that he will give is his flesh. It's speaking of sacrifice. It's speaking of the sacrificial, self-giving love of Jesus that culminates with his death and which, in which he will be vindicated in his resurrection. That giving, that giving of himself, we're invited into too that we are to give as well. And the way that I want to draw this out and to make this clear is to refer to the bigger context of this passage from John's Gospel. 
The passage that we've just heard from is from the end of chapter 6 of John's Gospel. And this is the go-to passage, really. If there, it's not the only passage, but it's crucial. If we want to understand our Catholic faith here of the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, that the bread and wine are changed by the power of the Holy Spirit into the very presence of Jesus himself, this is the passage where Jesus says that his, his, his bread, the bread and the wine actually are his flesh, that to eat, we're to eat of him. This is the go-to passage. But let's put that in the bigger context of the rest of John 6, because the chapter starts with the feeding of the 5,000, which was such a significant miracle that all four Gospels tell the story. All four Gospels have the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus gathers his disciples and a crowd comes around them. He teaches them at some length, gets to the end of the day, they're hungry, and Jesus says to the disciples, well, you better feed them. And they look helplessly at him and at one another and say, with what exactly? And it's John's gospel that has the beautiful story of the little boy. It's the only one where we have the detail of the little kid. We're told that one of the disciples says, well, there's this boy here, he's got five loaves and he's got two fish, but what are they among so many? And Jesus asks them to bring the, the bread, the fish, and presumably the boy holding them with him. And of course, the disciples find that as he takes the bread, blesses it, breaks it, gives it to them to then distribute, that the 5,000 are fed with plenty left over. This story is so important because it's also a Eucharistic story. Jesus, in this story, takes the bread and the fish, blesses it, breaks it, and gives it. It's the same dynamic of the Eucharist, the same thing that he will do at the Last Supper and the same thing that Christians have done for 2,000 years since. It's the same dynamic. And so when I said to you that the most important word for today's in the context of today's homily, is to give, then we might think about this little boy who gives what he has. Notice that what he has is not enough, but notice that he also gives everything that he has. Notice that what he has is not enough, but that he also gives everything that he has. My brothers and sisters, we're the little boy. What you have to give in union with Jesus in his gift, in his sacrifice, is not enough. And that's actually good news, isn't it? When you look at your own life and you look at your own circumstance, your gifts, capacity, talent, to look at yourself and say, I haven't got enough. Well, Jesus says, that's absolutely fine. I can do wonders. I can work miracles with what you have. You don't have enough. That's absolutely okay. If you said you had enough... I'd be concerned. You don't have enough. I do not have enough. But that's all right because Jesus can take five loaves and two fish and do something extraordinary with it. He can transform that little offering, that little gift into something wonderful that helps bring about his mission in the world, that helps bring about what he has intended for the world. But notice too, as I said, that the little boy does give everything to. 
the kind of gift that we are called to give might not be much in one sense, but in another sense, it's all we've got. If Jesus was prepared to give everything for our sake, he invites us to join with him and give everything also. In return, but also in collaboration with him, together with him. When a parish does that, when it's not just about me and my sense of my purpose and calling, but when we do that together as a faith community, as part of the bigger body of the Catholic Church, extraordinary things can happen. God can do amazing things with your five loaves and your two fish. He can do amazing things. As I said at the beginning of Mass, it's wonderful to look out and see people that I've known for many years, probably some of you for 30 years, really. But it's equally wonderful and equally exciting to look out and see people that I've not met before. That's a sign of life and growth and vitality. And the reason why Dan and the other priests have, have this series on mission at this time is because there's more for you. There's more for you as a faith community, more to join in with and participate with in the mission of Jesus for this place. That's exciting. That's got great promise. There's something wonderful already happening here, but I do think that Jesus would want more for you. And to put it better, not more for you, because that would might be falling back into that spiritual service station Catholicism. You kind of can become spiritually fat, as it were, just receiving and receiving. He wants you actually to be a place that's like Meals on Wheels, that goes out and brings the presence of Christ, that shares the love of God, that helps people to flourish out there. There's no, way, no better way to be spiritually healthier, spiritually fitter, by actually being Meals on Wheels, by going out with what you have received. So, as we celebrate Eucharist today, the question I'd like to leave you with is, how might Jesus be inviting you to be sacrificial in your giving of the best of yourselves? And remember, it'll only be five loaves and two fish. That's okay. But at the same time, it also is asking for everything. Jesus has held nothing back from you. He really hasn't. And so the only fitting response is to give ourselves completely to him. The beauty and the gift of that is we discover the depths of communion, that we really are called to be one with him and one with each other, and that that communion is to ever extend and expand as we be, be a Meals on Wheels kind of parish for the world. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.